Listen up, fellow podcasters. If you're looking to record remotely, then you've got to try Riverside.fm. When Joanna and I had to make the switch to remote recording, Riverside was the best option for us. Not only are there built-in features like noise cancellation, but you also get raw audio tracks of each individual person's voice along with a combined track of everyone on the call. Riverside has so many features in one place, and it seems like they're always adding more to make their platform the best out there for remote recording. So if you want to give it a shot, check out the link in our show notes or check out our link tree. I'm Carmen. And I'm Joanna. And welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder. Murder. (laughs) Joanna, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing on the day after your birthday? I know, the day after my 39th birthday. I feel great. Where are we? We're in Orlando filming. Filming? Filming. Recording. Yep. I'm saying filming because we just saw a bunch of people in the lobby of the World Marriott filming actual stuff mm-hmm. and we're you know we're at crime con hello it's amazing it's amazing being with you is amazing yes it's been a lot of fun um when this comes out crime con will be long done until next year but that's okay it's been a great time and it's been really cool yeah met some cool people and experienced the pool listen to say <laughs> the pool was fun it was it was so nice because it was like just us because everybody is inside i know um, we shed some tears at a couple panels mm-hmm. that were pretty powerful. Yeah, and I think one thing that like, because there's so many people here for CrimeCon, but we like, the guy was like, the big picture is these are all victims that we're talking about. People have gone through tragedies and we're here like, I don't know, I don't want to say celebrating, but honoring. Honoring. I know, but people, he's like, don't forget why you're here. Yeah. You know. Yep. That was small town dicks that said that. Yeah. Not in those words, but... I know our show's more entertainment-based, but at the core of it, we are people with hearts who care, and we are not glamorizing... Crime and murders. Right, we're not glamorizing murderers. Yeah. Except for Freddy Krueger. Well, because that's not real. Just kidding. Exactly. Oh, sorry for the background noise. We have a laser light show going on outside of our room. And fireworks at Disney. Yeah, we're right across from Disney World. So our upgraded room was, you can see the fireworks. Woo. And the laser light show. During our recording. Woo. (laughs) Okay. Well, welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, where we tell stories that may or may not be true. On today's episode, I will be telling you what, Joanna? Tell the peeps. You're going to be telling me a story, and I have to determine if it is true crime or the plot of a movie or a TV series or a TV show. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so we live in Florida, and because of that, we live around a bunch of crazy people. Not jobs. Yeah, including us half the time. Yeah. So Joanna likes to share Florida man stories with you all. What do you have from our crazy-ass state? Well, this is from Becky. Becky, who didn't have a Florida man for herself. Yeah. But she has one for you. She should have texted me and I would have found something. (laughs) But I digress. Okay. This is in Orlando, Florida, funny enough, where we are. A Frontier airline flight out of Orlando International Airport to Cleveland was delayed Tuesday night after a woman boarded a plane with her emotional support animal 
which happened to be a hermit crab squirrel shut up we just becky and i just recorded an episode where we were talking about ryan and clearwater with his emotional support squirrel yeah becky planned this daisy was her name okay yeah Cindy of Lakeland noted in her reservation that she was bringing an emotional support animal, but she did not indicate it was a squirrel, according to the airline. Is there a spot for that? Like, can you tell us which one you're bringing? Becky and I talked about this on our recent episode, the one that you were not on because you couldn't find your microphone. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And then I bought one, then I I wrecked it. It's just a little dinged. Um, And we looked up, does it have, like, what kind of animal qualifies when a doctor prescribes you an emotional support animal, can be anything. Well, it says rodents, including squirrels, are not allowed on frontier flights. The passengers passenger was advised of the policy and was asked to deplane. Deplane? Deplane. <laughs> Debloon. Deplane. De-plane. Like get off the fucking plane. Yes. Deplane. Deplane. The De-plane. airline said Cindy refused to get off the flight, so the airline worker called Orlando police. Officers had all passengers get off the plane. Just for Cindy? Yep. Wow. So they could, quote, deal with the passenger, the airline said. Wow. Yes. Orlando police said they escorted her off the plane and took her to the main terminal. A spokesperson for the OPD, which I'm assuming is the international... Orlando Police Department. (laughs) I'm so special. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Blame it on the vodka. Yep. Blame it on the gin. (laughs) Alcohol. (laughs) Said the woman cooperated when police arrived and no arrest was made. Here is a full Frontier Airlines statement. On flight 1612 from Orlando to Cleveland this evening, a passenger boarded the aircraft with a squirrel saying it was an emotional support animal. The passenger noted in their reservation that they were bringing an emotional support animal, but it was not indicated that it was a squirrel. Um, Daisy, the emotional support squirrel, is now staying with her husband's her husband, Michael, and their daughter, Monica, at their home in Lakeland. It's just heartbreaking to me, Monica said. They are wrong for the way they treated my mom. Oh, that's interesting. I think that Daisy and Brutus would get along. You don't know who Brutus I is. because you who Brutus is. You haven't listened to that episode yet, but you should. And yeah, they'll be best sorry. friends. You're sorry. Sorry. I just, I don't have time. There's so much with, with the moving and unpacking and... You have a half a bottle of Deep Eddie's vodka behind you. Oh. You have four bottles of wine also behind you. And there are just two of us. I'm just going to start doing sh- Yeah, we did bring a lot of alcohol. <laughs> and I'm not tired and you are. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to stay up. I'm going to stay up and watch Netflix and drink wine. That makes me so proud. And then I'm going to sleep in till 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock is sleeping in. Yes. Well, I enjoyed your Florida man. Uh, Daisy and Brutus should be besties. And do you want to hear my story for today? I'm, I am so ready. Are you doing a cuss count? I have it ready. I said one curse word oh, when you were reading. You. I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't. Well, I guess it's time to bring back the cuss count. I don't know what to do with that information, but apparently people like it. So let's do it for the people. Okay. So uh, I have a story for you today, Joanna. I am ready. Buckle the fuck up. I'm going to make a prediction right now. What? True crime. Why? I don't know. Just saying. Why are you guessing true crime right off the bat? I'm just just making a prediction right now. Okay. Do you do that? No, I just did it right now. All right. Well, this one, I'm going to start you with a quote. For all the kids that took the ride down number five road. Oh, what? 
Does that still make you think true crime? I don't Number care. Five. I don't care what you think. I'm just going to go. Go. All right. Let's start with Tracy. Do you know anyone named Tracy? Yes. Tracy's not. The one you know is not in this story, I bet. Okay. She is in high school and her parents tell her, quote, next week we're going to look at boarding schools for you. Oh. End quote. So she starts packing up her things and telling all her friends that she's going to look at like two or three schools and will be gone for like a week. How old is she? High school. Teenager. You want to know an interesting fact? Sure. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. You know who Babe Ruth is? The baseball player. Yeah. He spent his years from seven years old to 19 years old in a boarding school. And then he became a world famous baseball player? Yeah. That's how a monk was like watching him. Yeah. He went to a Catholic, like it was a Catholic, a monk's Catholic or just a school school that had monks. And they found out, like the monk was like, oh my gosh, this guy's really good. And he got discovered. How do you know this? I know things. Fun fact. Well, that's not Tracy. Okay. Was Babe Ruth's name Tracy? It could have been. I don't know. Tracy is a male and female name. But no, this is not Babe Ruth's story. Okay, so she tells her friends she'll be gone. Her friends she'll be gone for like a week. She grabs her CDs, enough belongings. <laughs> yep. So, so this is a place your time of nineteen nineties early 2000s yes that would work that tracks uh she grabs her cds enough belongings for the weekend and she leaves everything else behind Uh she's looking forward to this change in her life honestly she wants to go to a boarding school well she's i'll tell you okay when she goes to the airport with her parents she realizes that she isn't going to massachusetts like she thought to look at boarding schools they're flying to maine what the hell mom and dad not that far but still a difference from what she yes. thought. Oh, yeah. Boarding schools in Massachusetts, I would assume, are more upper crust, right? Is that the word? Massachusetts. I guess. I feel like Maine. I feel like that I'm whole, thinking of Connecticut, maybe. I feel like that whole area is kind of bougie. Right. So, well, she's going to... She's confused. <sighs> well, Tracy is no innocent flower. She... <laughs> don't flower. spit out your flower. <laughs> she's the teenage girl who likes to get as fucked up as possible. Tracy goes out constantly, parties all night long, dances to the loudest music, and uses pot, coke, acid, and drinks a little bit too. Oh, just a little bit of drink. Just a little bit, She doesn't yeah. want to, you know, be too excessive. So where is she going really? Well, she's going to a place that says, in the past, bad kids went to reform schools and sick kids went to mental institutions. But what if we could seek an alternative? What if we can change unacceptable behavior instead of just punish it, end quote. Tricky, tricky on her parents' end. All they want is to save their daughter by sending her to a place that will actually help her, save her. How much is a life worth, you might ask? And they go for it, spending tens of thousands of dollars to save their daughter's life. Sorry, Tracy, but it's time you get some help, I guess. And this is what brings her to the Elon School. Elon. Elon. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. In Maine. Oh, Maine. I'm sorry. A place that says, with eagerness of spirit, we shall find ourselves through knowing others. Mm, Sounds like a cult. (laughs) Oh, that was a weird noise. (laughs) Before I tell you more about this school, I want to share with you some others who are attending the Elon School, and I'll just rattle them off for you. Sure. Peter. Piper. Peter. Peter, who went off the rails at like eight years old. Oh, gosh. Um, Peter was always in trouble with the law. If you had something he wanted, uh, Peter would just break in your house and take it. 
He also is on probation and suffers from heroin addiction now as a teenager. He has also run away from home many times and has a taste for lithium and Prozac. Not a good mix. What? How do people get a hold of these drugs? I don't know, especially when you're like 15. Yeah. Jillian. Jillian, who was an angry and confused kid uh, with a spiked red mohawk, like mm-hmm. shaved on the sides, badass, finds the time to get a hold of whatever drug she can. Skipping school is a regular occurrence of hers. So she's another student at Elon. Alec. A L E C. Alec. Alec put roaches in a girl's purse as a prank. Ew, live? Yep. Live roaches. Thinking it was totally funny until he was charged with assault for this crime. It's a crime. You don't do that shit. Don't put fucking roaches in my purse. You can't put bugs. No, it, he was charged with assault. This leads, him, this leads him down a path of instigating fights and just being angry all the time. Alec is caught with a drug possession charge with the intent to distribute. Bummer. Off to Elon he goes as well. Could you imagine working at that and just being like, ugh. Working where at the Elon at this school? Elon school, like all you all you get is bad kids. Mm. What about Dave? Uh, Dave's father passed away when he was eight, which really hurt him badly, causing him his mother to feel like she couldn't handle her out of control son. Dave, he himself becomes abusive toward others until he is sent to Elon. This eight-year-old growing up to be a teenager, and then one more. How about Doug? No, Doug. Doug was living in a boy's home as a young kid. As he got older, he suffered abuse from others in the home. He ends up getting raped by other boys in the boys' home. I know. Gets hit, gets beat up, and decides he needs to take matters into his own hands at this boys' school. He barricades a room with boys locked inside and lights a match. Oh, God. Doug is 12. It uh, was either juvenile detention for Doug or the Elon school. Off to Elon he went. So these are some of the students accompanying mm-hmm. Tracy. I think you have a pretty good... What were you going to say? Nothing. I th- <laughs> you open your mouth and then close well, it. Well, I just like... You walk in and you're like, what are you here for? Kind of like prison. Oh, yeah. I locked people in a room and tried to light them on fire. What about you? <sighs> <laughs> I beat up my little sister. What about you? Uh, my mom's afraid of me. What about you? I put roaches in a girl's purse. <laughs> and then I sold drugs. Yeah. I think you have a pretty good understanding of the population of the student body at Elon. Mm-hmm. A place that would keep you no matter how many times you ran away because Elon keeps runaways. Because Joanna, no matter how many times you run away, we will come get you and oh. we will come find you and bring you back. Ugh, that's weird. And trust me when I say it, they sure as fuck do. Oof. They call it a commitment to finding you and tracking you down if you run away. And every time they find you, even if you go across the country, they will find your ass and bring you back. Hmm. So picture you're in your bed as a teen, dead asleep in your home, and you've acted up a little bit. You're kind of an asshole. Okay, but your parents, you know, you whatever, you guys are living life. And you're awakened suddenly in the middle of the night by four large, muscular men calmly stating, Joanna, you're going to come with us. Oh, I would lose my mind. Well, so you can't reconcile with this train of thought. No, I can't imagine it. You fight, you kick, you yell, get the fuck off me. But either way, you're going and you are shipped off to the boonies. And just to pause, if you guys hear background uh, craziness, we're in a hotel. So FYI. Yes, so sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Mm-hmm. It'll be OK. So when you get off the plane, you're greeted by two older teenagers and two adults who say, we're taking you to school and they don't tell you shit else. Mm. Off you go down number five road. At first glance, it looks like a summer camp 
paradise, a huge lake, outstretched fields, horseback riding, canoeing, all of that, including a gorgeous white Victorian house where the director's office is named Joe, who says, we don't bullshit kids. We tell them the truth. The parents are told, don't count that as a cuss count. Joe said that, not me. Don't care. Oh gosh. I regret (laughs) my choice. I regret my choices. The parents are told this is the last stop on the bus, this school. Like this is it. Final straw. Yes. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Where will your kid be if they are not here? In fact, I'm going to give you a direct quote given to the kids as they arrive with their parents. I'm all about the quotes today. Mm -hmm. Where would you be if you didn't end up here? You'd end up either in jail, in a hospital, or dead. It's time to take your life seriously. The kids are given six minutes to say goodbye to their families. Mm. And that's it. Six minutes is an odd time, but also kind of a long time. But how about this fact? The parents sign over guardianship. Just, I mean, like, when I drop off my daughter at daycare, okay, bye, I love you, have mm-hmm. a good day, and then I, like, what are you going to talk about, like, for six minutes? Well, you don't know when you're going to see them again. Uh, it's a fucking boarding school. I know, but what do you say? I don't know. I couldn't, I don't know. Write, write us. Yeah. Let us, but six minutes is a long time to say goodbye to somebody. Is it? Do you want to just sit here on dead air for six minutes? Yeah. Everyone would just murder us. <laughs> um, guardianship is signed over. Your parents sign that they can never sue the Elon school. Ooh. And you better shape up, kid, because this is it. Now let's think of the perspective as you've gotten off the plane. You're in the boonies. It looks gorgeous, but you're a little nervous. Uh, You see this beautiful Victorian home, but that's the director's office. You say bye to your parents. They sign off guardianship, and that's it. You're on your own. But I feel like at that point, the parents are like, this is it for us, too. That's their final straw, too. Yep. Yep. I agree. What is the final straw to one parent compared to the final straw to another? So once you're in, you're shown your dorm. Elon 3, Elon 11, etc. You remove your clothes, shoes, shoelaces, jewelry, and you take a quell shower using Laos shampoo. Peter wonders and asks when he gets to leave. He's told, you get to leave when you change. Mm. Pretty powerful statement. Tracy, as she's walking up to her dorm, just hears screaming from other students and as she looks around inside the building she sees some things she sees a kid scrubbing the floors Mm -hmm. sure cool but she turns her head and sees another kid just standing there against the wall wearing a poster board that has the words written i'm a pussy (gasps) on his poster board yep that's so weird yep so it's like you look one way someone's scrubbing the floor practically with a toothbrush you look the other way a kid is just standing there against the wall not talking to anyone just holding a poster board i'm a pussy that's weird a group of kids is passed sitting in a circle screaming obscenities at each other so that's another thing she passes just a group of kids sitting in a circle just you motherfucker fuck you i hate you and then the other one's screaming back at them as the minutes turn into days more things are observed like a kid wearing a clown outfit Another with a completely shaved head. And the general thought is, holy fuck, this shit is crazy. Where the fuck am I? That is Tracy's word. Stop counting my curse words. You told me to. (laughs) I I regret it. I regret it. You said three cusses in two seconds. Tracy says, where the fuck am I? So let's dive into this Elon school. The place is like a parallel universe where everything is backwards and the students seem as they like it. And let me say the older students that are there. If you dare mess up in any way, like take two milks instead of one at lunch, 
your ass is put on the wall. Mm. You're told you destroyed your family, your parents don't love you, and God forbid you talk to a non-strength when you're a non-strength as well. What does that mean? <laughs> I'll tell you. Is your ass is done if you do it. Oh. If you're a non-strength and you speak to me and I'm a non-strength, you're fucked. Elaborate. Uh, when Elon started out many, many, many years prior, it was a place for junkies to go as a last stop. Either here or jail. Either here or death. But, Joanna, it was a place where people 18 and older could go in the beginning to change their life. It didn't take long for the director, Joe, to think, we can expand this. Let's take more. Let's go younger. Let's save the children. So Joe started out wanting to save adults who voluntarily went to Elon and then thought, let's go younger. So, yeah, get, catch, them, catch them when they're little. Uh-huh. The Elon school wants your runaways, your promiscuous girls who got pregnant in school, whatever that means, your violent offenders, your thieves, your rapists, your murderers, all in one place. You're mentally disabled, your Asperger's, your children with autism. Give us all of your children. Those last ones make me sad. It's depressing because there is no cap to the umbrella. They're all put together in one. How is a child who murdered, like a teen who murdered, compared to a teen who has autism? Yeah, that just hasn't been diagnosed. Exactly. And some of them, maybe they are diagnosed, maybe they're not. But their parents all think, my kid needs help no matter. Well, this was the 90s. Well, you're assuming. CDs. 2000s also. I'm just going to keep toying with you. (laughs) Okay. Elon says, we will take your misfits, whether you're a devout Catholic girl who talked to boys against your father's wishes and that made you promiscuous. Seriously. Or you murdered a girl in your neighborhood. Elon will take you. Okay. Because they're underage. Where's the range? Yep. That is a very uh, long range. So long as your parents pay the cost. I'll just say it is more expensive than college tuition. Are they going, going to, to school or are they just correcting behaviors? Well, they're, they're calling it a school okay. and they're correcting behaviors. I guess they think that they're doing it all. It's a one-stop shop. Who wants to be a teacher there? <laughs> not, not it. At Elon, there's an aspect where everyone helps everyone else. Every single person has a job. In that aspect, you're like, okay, sure. You can cook, you can clean, you can sew, you can do laundry. Everyone helps the little community or the little society or as you said, the little cult. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it gets uncomfortable when it goes so far as that every person doing all this is a minor. Yeah. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, running the mini government inside the facility are all minors. Mm -hmm. As some jobs include administering punishments to each other. The kids leading the kids in an attempt to move up. Oh. You have to hit a certain criteria to move up from one level to the next, even all the way to handling the finances. What? All teens. That's, I, <laughs> here you're just trying to figure out how to not murder somebody, but here, here's the financial. Or, or run into the kid at the school who is a murderer. Yeah. Oh, when you enter Elon, you are a non-strength, a worker. You clean baseboards, you scrub floors and windows, anything. The next step is called a ramrod. Oh. Team ramrod. Team ramrod. Uh, Ramrods wear boots and white gloves, checking all of the non-strengths work. (sighs) Like just taking their finger along the baseboards. Yep. Ugh. Yep. If a non-strengths work isn't done properly, the ramrod can make them redo everything for the rest of the day. 
A ramrod is technically a non-strength also, mind you, but a, a, like a little higher up. Mm-hmm. It's like how you're the higher, or I'm the higher up of you. You're <laughs> I'm not. Just kidding. I'm the I'm the elder. <laughs> you are the elder. Uh, non-strengths were are I'm sorry. Non-strengths are not allowed to speak to other non-strengths, and if they need to communicate at all, a strength has to be aware of the conversation and monitor it and approve it. So, like, hey, you know, your ass crack is sticking out. I can't. <laughs> you dropped a fucking toothbrush you used to scrub the floors. I can't tell you shit. Non-strengths cannot even go to the bathroom without a strengths knowledge the next phase after the ramrod is an expediter and i don't mean like at a restaurant where you run food <laughs> Expo, no, they don't expos don't run food they prepare they like oh they prepare together the i thought they ran the food too that's a food runner oh you're right okay an expediter which is the first level of being a strength they are responsible for security the line of defense between normal people and lunatics <laughs> they watch doors to make sure no one runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they enforce discipline. Sounds terrible. They watch you and they write in journals everything that has been done wrong every day by every student. How do you get that job? You have to move up to it Mm. little by little. Then the next level after the expediter is the department head, which is like a manager for each zone of the house, the kitchen, the cleaning crew, the this, the that. Then we have shingle. <laughs> and then coordinator, which is basically the boss of the house, completely in charge. Now, like I said, there are dorms at Elon. So there's different quote unquote houses at Elon. So these jobs are in each house. Mm-hmm. This goes on and on until the adult employees need to get involved, which is rare. (laughs) The adults who may or may not have any psychology training at all. Mm. Parents are told your child will get psychiatric help. The adults have zero. There are zero psychiatrists on campus. Mm. But they've already signed over their rights. Yep. At Elon, there is zero privacy. Mail, in-person calls, everything is monitored. You cannot send or receive a letter without it being read by a higher up. Mm. Let me flash you to an image. A little little sidebar. A girl standing in front of an assembly. You know, morning assembly. Yeah. Actually wearing a huge white dunce cap. Gosh, the dunce cap. No, I'm talking huge, like two feet tall above her head. And a teenage boy from the crowd saying, You're disgusting. Everyone here is trying to be the exact opposite of what you are now. And you want to hold on to it. That's the disgusting part of it. With other teenage boys chiming in in on how gross this girl is. Mm. Why would they do this? Well, experience is the best teacher at Elon. This is what they believe and this is how you teach the youth. All this sounds stressful. So how do you get your anger out in a constructive way because you're under so much stress at Elon? Now, the people who run Elon know it's a stressful environment, so they want to help you. Mm-hmm. Therapy. At Elon, there are something called counter groups where you get to sit in a circle, look at whoever has made you upset in the group that day, and you go off. You fucking slut. You dick. You pussy ass motherfucker. I hate you. All the things. You're, you're welcome to say whatever you want. At the top of your lungs, screaming at each other until your throat burns. Sounds like fun. Everything you can't get out when you are being so beaten down, you get out at your counter groups. But then, like, that carries over. Like, oh, this person, this is how they feel about me. You would think. And you're right. 
uh, cleanse your problems, if you will. The students can also participate in scream therapy to help them get through their stresses of their daily life. Sounds fun, too. Does it? Yeah, just just go down to the pool and scream your heart out <laughs> see what happens put my face in the water just blow bubbles yeah, <laughs> okay so there are three cardinal rules at elon just three three number one no drugs well how would they get them in number two no sex okay number three no violence where do you get kicked out where do you go you don't get kicked out of elon. <laughs> uh you just get punished but then there are rules for everything else and students are encouraged to tattle to shingles the higher-ups of anything you can book incidents for things like having your shoe untied not doing your chores correctly smiling at another non-strength if you yourself are a non-strength eating too much at lunch if you're a person that is overweight Mm. stealing a pencil getting the wrong haircut wow if you accept the program into your heart basically Mm -hmm. you can succeed at elon Sure. You too can sit yeah. in a circle, or I'm sorry, you too can lay in a circle on the floor, raise your arms in the air, and chant with the others with while your heads touch. It's so weird. Oh. Or you can rebel. You can go the hard way. You can go the motherfucker way, as they say. Mm. And you can go through punishments. But we don't call it that at Elon, Joanna. We call it learning experiences. Learning experiences, yeah. <laughs> Have you been to Elon? I have. I'm a graduate. 2001. No, girl. So Tracy, remember Tracy? Mm -hmm. Tracy's goal at Elon is to get kicked out. But you don't get kicked out. She wants to, well, she doesn't know that at first. She wants to go back home. She tries everything she can do to fucking get, kick my ass out, send me home to mama. Uh, But she learns eventually that for the past 20 years, kids have had this same thought as her and kids don't get kicked out of Elon. Mm. She learns this the hard way. Some even uh, as far as, some even have run away as far as California, but the quote unquote trackers will always find you. Do they have trackers in them? No, but they are called trackers, the people who find you. That's their job. Those are the adults. No, no, you said Maine. Yep. How do they get get to Maine or California? The kids who have escaped. Yeah. uh, Hitchhiking. Mm. buses but they have no money <sighs> they figure it out joanna because okay. the trackers the elon is now their legal guardians too so whenever law enforcement has gotten involved with these runaway teens who have made it far away the trackers can show paperwork to show we have guardianship of this child uh. and law enforcement has to give them back and they have a 100 percent success rate of finding your ass and bringing you back Scary. zero failure wow they bring everyone back well because you're gonna screw up yes uh, Tracy learns all this the hard way. There's no getting out. One boy has has run away from Elon four times. The trackers bring him back and he is forced to wear on the last time a rabbit suit and shackles from then on. A rabbit suit? Yep. And shackles. Like a costume. Yep. Like a bunny? Yep, because he's a runaway like bunny. Easter- <laughs> That's exactly why. Easter bunny. He's a runaway rabbit. Another learning experience common at Elon is when the students have to wear signs on their body, which I mentioned mm-hmm. before. Not just for like a day, for weeks. Mm. Blatantly spelling out their problems and failure, failures. Failures. Could you imagine uh-huh. like your failures. faults are on a board, a sandwich board? Uh-huh. Just walking around. It is a sandwich board because they wear them on their, yeah, exactly, with like yarn around the neck and it's on the back and on the front. The shoulders, not their necks. Whatever. Uh, For example, here's one. My name is Phyllis Cohen. 
I behave like an emotional cripple. Oh. I constantly seek people's attention and try to get them to prove they care about me. I play games and continually use people's emotions in order to make myself feel special. Here's another one. Ask me why I'm a dummy. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> now, Joanna, they don't just stand around wearing these. Mm. Every morning there's assembly. I mentioned that to you. Mm-hmm. The students have to, and not just in the morning, every room the students enter who are wearing sandwich boards, the whole crowd has to get quiet and they must read their sign to the crowd and then they may enter the room. Wow. And if you're in the audience and you're not silent listening to one of these people, your ass is fucked. You get a punishment. Yep, a learning experience, Joanna. Another student's sign says, all I have to look forward to is getting raped in prison. Ew. Yeah. Another girl who held hands with a boy during a blackout at the school has to wear a sign that says, please ask me why I'm a whore. Because she held somebody's hand during a blackout because she was afraid. And every room she walks in, the crowd must hush since she's wearing a sign and she must say it out loud. Please ask me why I'm a whore. But I feel like after a while, it would just be like, here she is. Let her make her statement and then just keep going on. But it's not like that, Elon. Every single time someone wearing a sign walks in, the crowd gets quiet, Whatever is, whether it be the cafeteria, the bathroom, the assembly room. They read their sign and they have to, you know, there are people that say, why are you a whore? And she has to explain herself. Oh, I guess that there's newcomers. I mean, it's a constant thing. Well, I'm saying like if I... It doesn't matter if they're new or if they're old at this place. They are all fucked up. They all do it. They all engage in it because if they don't engage, they get in trouble too. Oh, so like, okay, why are you a whore? And she's like, because, okay. Kind of like a routine, like, Mm -hmm. okay. I get your point. So if signs weren't the learning experience for you, costumes might be. I mentioned the bunny costume, but Mm -hmm. Jennifer, who girl, Jennifer. Jennifer has a crush on a boy and someone finds out about it and reports it. So she is deemed a whore. Snitch. A whore. No, the girl who's told on her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As her punishment, she has to wear a whore costume. What's a whore costume? Uh, She wears skimpy clothes and a short skirt. That's not all. Every morning for weeks at assembly, she has to stand on stage in front of the whole crowd and she has to strut and dance like a whore. It's disgusting. Like, where do you... Excuse me, I need to go find a whore outfit on Amazon. Yeah, and Jennifer was sexually abused as a young child. But no one at Elan cares about that. And they force her dressed in this skimpy outfit every single morning to dance like like a, a stripper, I guess, mm-hmm. on stage. That's what I was thinking. In front of the crowd, just to shame her. So she must stand there and act like someone who's sexually provocative, even though it kills her inside while the group watches and shouts whatever they want to say at her. Another girl must wear a costume as the Bobsy twins. Pigtails and clown makeup with like baby doll dresses. All because uh, she is considered too immature to the others. But in reality, she has autism spectrum disorder. And they are completely humiliating her. Some wear clown outfits, some wear diapers and bonnets. Or even a girl whose crime was having syphilis. So Joanna, her outfit was she had to wear a costume being a crown of bloody tampons (gasps) on her head. The last costume I'll mention... Elon 3, the dorm, has a golden retriever. A real dog? A real dog. And the dog is fine. Don't worry. 
And okay. a boy in another house says, we should get a dog too. Elon 3 has a dog. Why can't we get a dog? They have a fucking golden retriever. I love dogs. This is his crime. Asking for a dog. Because he wants the dog. It's okay. He is told this is bullshit. And he has to wear a dog costume, Joanna. Not just that. He has to walk on all <gasps> fours crawling he can only respond in barks one for yes two for no he must eat out of a dog dish and he has to perform tricks for anyone who asks on command shut up another student is made to dress as a mummy and wear a leash around her neck i know i said that the dog one was the last one but i just threw that one in for flair though you know even though i said i was done why the mummy and a leash i don't even remember why (laughs) so fucking crazy now kim kim's from a wealthy family has been at Elon for months and has gotten lice. What is the lifespan at the school? Like, like not, how long are the students should there? Should I say lifespan? What is the duration? How long typical? There? Yeah, like what's your typical time? They do graduate eventually. Mm-hmm. So if you get there when you're 15, you mm-hmm. st- you're there for five years. Yeah. Ew. Yep. Like you can't get out on good behavior? No. You have to graduate, Joanna. Duh. Uh, Kim, she has been at Elon for one month and has gotten lice, which is annoying, honestly, in any situation. Mm-hmm. But at Elon, it's extreme. Kim unravels after this experience. All the girls have to take a quell shower again. All the pillows are bagged. Everything is washed. And Kim starts to lose it. She gets verbally attacked for what she's done, spreading lice or getting lice. How did she get lice? It doesn't even matter how she got. She got lice, obviously, from another girl, but it's her fault. And she goes into shock afterward. She pees on herself as a result. She's taken into a cold shower with all of her clothes on after peeing on herself and then is brought in front of a group in her wet, pee-stained clothes and basically announced to the whole group, what she has done. Kim doesn't cooperate with what the strengths want her to do. She just stands there wet, humiliated, and in the middle of a nervous breakdown. Then, in front of everyone, she is paddled and beaten. (gasps) By who? By the strengths, the other students. Basically, like a spanking in her wet clothes. The kids are the ones at Elon who administer the corporal punishment. Never adults. The kids lead the kids at Elon. Kim is being spanked repeatedly in wet pants, so much so that her scabs and sores go from her rear end all the way to the back of her knees. As for Kim, she is catatonic after this event, and mentally, she is gone. She's done. Do the parents have any contact? They can write letters, and there are some visits, but they don't fully know what's going on. And there's no social media. How is this allowed? (laughs) This is my next note. How is this allowed? Uh, There's no federal regulations at Elon. The government is out of it. There's no social media, which is funny that you just Mm -hmm. said that. Like, I got to my breaking point, too. And let me remind you, the parents signed up for this. Yeah. No, No one really knows what they're agreeing to in this situation. But like, I mean, yes, you're signing up your child because you have, you're legally like in charge of them. But like, do the kids have a say? No. Like that just makes me sad. It makes me think of those shows where, those like talk shows Mm -hmm. back in the day where the cops or the military would come in and scream in kids' faces. You're going away. Yeah. Take them away. And they would take some of them to like the prison and like. Mm -hmm. Scared straight. Yeah. That's what it makes me think of. Yeah. Another punishment at Elon <clears throat> that Doug receives. Doug, who I mentioned at the start of this, who sets set other people on fire. Mm-hmm. Doug was sent to the corner because he talked back. I mentioned the corner before, but I didn't explain it. 
How long do you think someone sits in the corner for? Based on all the information you gave me, a month? (laughs) (laughs) An hour, a day? Like four weeks. I said a month. I know, you did. From sunup to sundown, you sit in the corner and you stare. You cannot move. You cannot get up. You cannot speak. You must have permission for anything outside of your corner. One student sits in the corner so long, she manifests a colonial child named Emily who entertains her while she stares at the corner. Well, you have to. You have to. Other students can approach you while you're in the corner, but it's to humiliate you Mm. Um, in any way they choose. They can call you fat, stupid, idiot. Emily leaves during these times, the colonial imaginary Mm. person, because she doesn't want to see this side of Elon, so she goes away. Every day is torture. You get kicked, spat on, yelled at. You piss yourself, shit yourself. You get bloody mouths. You get tied up, beat up. No escape, no escape. And even when you do escape, you're brought right back. What is a life worth? Should a 15-year-old hog tie and zip tie their peers? Probs not. (laughs) Probs not. Probably not. Uh, But the kids inflicting the pain have no choice either. It's either... They do it or they get done to them. Exactly. So I told you about so much torture being inflicted at Elon. Now I need to tell you about one more thing called the ring. Oh, gosh. Any kind of violent action... Okay, first of all, I told you there's that one of the cardinal rules is no violence. Uh-huh. Okay. Any kind of violent action that you do puts you in the ring. If you fight, threaten a fight, shove, push, you're put in the ring. Here's what happens in the ring. Oh, gosh. It's a ring. It's not like a ring of uh, a fence. It's a ring of 10 or 15 students who form <gasps> a human circle around the bully, mm-hmm. the person who told you to fuck off or the person who punched you in the face. Same thing. It doesn't matter at Elon. So... You're put in the middle as the bully, the perpetrator, and you're sent to the ring against someone who is sure to beat your ass. There's always someone bigger than you. May the best man win or woman. But the bully never wins because whoever is fighting the bully, once they get tired, they swap out for another person in the ring. Even if you're winning the fight as the bully, you lose because there's always someone. There's always someone bigger. And if there's not, if for some extreme case you're kicking everyone's ass, the police are brought in to arrest oh. you for assault. Oh my gosh. You, you cannot win in the ring. And one person who does not win in the ring is Phil. I haven't talked to you about Phil. No. Phil is sent to the ring because he had a headache. Um, his head was hurting so badly that he was accused of talking back to the staff because he just kind of head in hands. My head is really fucking hurting. Like, mm-hmm. And he didn't comply. That's it. You're done. In the ring you go. Phil is forced to fight to the point of being beaten so badly that he starts acting off. Mm-hmm. Weird. And the kids, the kids in the ring start noticing, okay, something's wrong here, but they can't stop. They keep fighting, keep beating, keep screaming, and Phil starts going into convulsions. Oh, no. Phil does not survive the attack, and he passes away. His family is notified, but they are told that he had a brain aneurysm, Mm. which Mm. he might have. Yeah. Actually, which is true. But the reason for the brain aneurysm is not revealed to the parents. They just say it was like a random thing. They have no idea what their son has been through. So, Joanna, I think I've said enough. (laughs) Enough for you to tell me. Is this the plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime case? Golly. Ah. Like, I was very invested in this. Okay. So, hmm, I feel like... It could. I mean, obviously, it could be both because that's the whole point of the story. Um, I'm just going to stick with what I said in the beginning. True crime. True crime. True crime. True crime. 
This story's true. Wow, isn't it weird that I predicted it I at know. the beginning? I didn't know. You didn't even say a single word. I know. I know. It's sad. And I don't know the story either. Really? Yeah. Uh, this place is... Better be shut down. Yeah. Okay. This place is real. These stories are not made up. This is a very real story of the Poland, Maine private co-ed and abusive residential behavior modification program and therapeutic boarding school. That was very long. I know. Now that we know this story is true, I want to stop and say something incredibly important. I started the episode talking about like troubled youth that attended Mm -hmm. Elon. I rattled off a bunch. And I think you kind of figured it out and our listeners too. Uh, yeah, many of the kids had behavior difficulties, but why? There's always a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not just ran- random. Many had suffered mental and physical abuse themselves when they were really little. Mm. So many were living with like with mental health conditions, be it diagnosed or otherwise, and were grouped along with other people all put together. Many were sexually abused as little kids and were just acting out. These kids were all grouped together as troubled. Like sometimes they can't help it because if they're little and they, they're... Mm. Well, they were victims themselves yes. a lot of the times and they weren't getting help that they needed. For example, Doug, who I mentioned a couple times, who set a thing you know, on fire, a room on fire with people in it. Those people had tried you know, to rape him as a little boy, other boys. Yeah. But that's not it. When Doug was younger than that, like little, like elementary school, was tied to a radiator and got beat by his own mother. Oh my god! She would also throw him in a tub with scalding hot water. Another time, he stood on a chair to get a cookie and his mother kicked the <gasps> chair out from under him, causing his forehead to be split open. Then he was taken away from his mom and that's, then he was sent to that boy's home and then he got tortured and then he went to Elon because he mm. fought back. It's horrible. Doug needed help. He needed someone to intervene on his behalf, and he didn't He didn't get that. He got further abuse because he was the bad kid. Or that's what they said. You know what I mean? That's not my words. Yeah. But no one stopped to ask why. Like, you're the, why are you the bad kid? What, what brought this kid here to this yeah. point? Now, I'm not trying to be, like, silly here or facetious or, you know, by, like, showing you all these tales of all these kids in the beginning. Or maybe I am. I don't know, but... I started with the insinuation that they were just like fucked up kids, but are any kids just fucked up? Mm. It always comes from somewhere. Nature versus nurture? Yeah, I don't know. They didn't deserve this. This is torture. This place is a hellhole. And especially if like it's a mental or like an imbalance, chemical imbalance, like you can't help it. Right. You need help. You don't need to be ridiculed. Yeah. So the stories I mentioned, they weren't all simultaneous. The school was open from 1970 <gasps> to 2011. Shut up. 40 years. Mm-hmm. Ish. They apparently closed down due to allegations of abuse. Duh. That wouldn't stop. Uh, and I think social media had a big, like the rise of social media had a big reason for why they <sighs> shut down. Could you imagine like in the 70s, like we'll just beat it out of them. Yep. Yep. And as time went on, the reports were too much to ignore of the abuse. And the state got involved when reports of mentally ill students being sent to Elon when they weren't doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just the worst environment for people with mental illness. So when I say the state, it was New York State that stepped in because Maine did their own investigations, but apparently didn't find anything wrong. But this is why. Well, let me just say this first. New York, New York found things like students restraining other students, sleep deprivation, 
which is a whole other kind of torture, attack therapy, and like a lot of the other things I said. So I watched a documentary that I'm going to tell you about for this episode that told me more than I needed to know, honestly. And according to the documentary, Maine always announced when they were coming, but New York just arrived like surprise. Because uh, they can kind of sweep things under the rug. Exactly. So a little about how this shit show got started. 1960s. Where were you? Mm, still not born. Many new treatments were coming about where the thought of breaking someone to rebuild them was like the idea. So there was a group called Synanon back in the 60s where a private organization was founded and managed by ex-addicts, drug addicts, Mm -hmm. bringing together people from all walks of life, founded by a man named Charles Diedrich. So Diedrich was an ex-alcoholic who felt like there was nowhere else drug addicts could go for help. He felt like AA wasn't enough for drug addicts. Mm -hmm. And now they do have other things besides AA. They have NA, Narcotics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, he felt like it wouldn't work unless you forced people to do it. Which now we know that's complete opposite mm-hmm. of what brings someone to really survive or what is the word succeed. They have to want it themselves. So at the core of Synanon, there were group sessions where the people would engage in highly intense confrontation against each other. With the idea being to break the addict's defenses and getting to their innermost deepest troubles and gain sobri- sobriety that way. Mm. So this was called the game. But today we would call it attack therapy. Okay. Yelling and screaming at each other breaking you down well really like a whole group of people yelling and screaming at one person that sounds terrible it sounds horrible breaking you down to rebuild you as a better person so synanon had success but then quickly this quote or this but then quickly this cult because that's what it turned into fell apart they lasted from 1958 to 1991 1991 yeah in a way they kind of morphed into something else but uh, one person who went through Synanon and came out on the other side, a better human, as they say, was Joe Ritchie, the mm. founder of mm. Elon. He himself went through this therapeutic community due to heroin abuse and felt like it worked for him in the late 1960s. Joe Ritchie, who founded Elon, he wanted to found his own version of a therapeutic community, a school for children. So Joanna, parents who sent their kids here really were ignorant of what was happening. I mean, the kids who left the school after Mm -hmm. like were they like yeah it works and they just like block out all the stuff that happened well in the documentary there's interviews from people who went there in the 70s 80s 90s and 2000s so there's people speaking it's so sad and powerful there's people speaking that are older than us our age and younger than us all sharing their experiences and yes the allegations of abuse eventually led to them closing down but a lot of these kids had no one who would even listen to them back home So these parents thought they were saving their kids' lives and they didn't know what else to do. Other kids were sent by the state to change their behavior. So I'm not going to get too deep on this part, but apparently there was a judge who was under investigation for sending kids to Elon because he was getting a financial kickback. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like shady stuff. So the documentary I watched is called The Last Stop. And they make it clear that this was targeted or what is it what's the word advertised as your last stop before your life is over basically and i watched it on amazon prime for Mm. for it was included with prime and that's where i got like i said all this information from so it was very powerful joe ritchie the man who founded elon was mean paranoid very concerned about his own image he was the most important person to him and he ran the school how he saw fit so some people may think that joe is a sociopath 
He gets peace from hurting others. And Elan is a place where kids are hurt at such an extreme level of violence. Like, how do you, like, apply for that job and just, like, just sit there and let it happen? They did interview, I think it was two of the people who actually worked there. And one woman, she speaks a lot in the documentary, and she talks about how she thought she was helping the kids, these kids. She And remember, the adults didn't give the punishment. Yeah, no, I know. But, like, do you, you have to be in the room, no? Like, are they not no. watching? No. Like, where do they go? They just hang out in the, in the room? In yeah. a room? Yeah. And th- when you asked about school, there was barely any school. These kids graduated, if you want to call it that, with little to no formal education. Mm. So the documentary does take a minute to make a point that there are some people who left Elon who say that they were better than when they went in. But the amount of abuse, it doesn't outweigh the good. This is a place that produced post-traumatic stress disorder in so many people and like I said, they were barely, their education was shit. They weren't getting much of an education. Yeah. They were going in the real world, as the documentary says, with little to no life experience. So many went to continue lives of crime and drugs, but now with added mental health issues. Yeah. <laughs> their education was so minimal that the kids left with nothing benefiting them in life. So if you want to watch the documentary, I would recommend it. It's really, really good. They make an interesting point that I want to mention. The thought is, why the hell would anyone in their right mind send their kid to a place like this? Well, as we stated, they most likely didn't even know what was really going on. Yeah, I wonder what the brochure looked like. I know. They showed a picture of one of the flyers, and it was like a summer camp. Kids jumping off a dock. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) They say a lot of the parents found themselves in a place with a child who was troubled in one way or another, and they wanted to avoid medication or avoid psychiatric help or like a diagnosis, like for Mm -hmm. to save face, or avoid a label for their kid. And the thought was sending your kid to a place for bad kids was better than sending your kid to a place for mentally sick kids, which is... Mm -hmm. And why send your kid anywhere? (laughs) why send them away i don't i don't know so kids like julie when julie left Elon, she wasn't allowed to go back home where'd she go so well she was homeless for a while after as an adult she gained access to her medical records including the order that was to send her for treatment when she was a teenager this is what her record stated from years prior this child needs a highly structured residential program with a warm atmosphere and a psychotherapeutic component. Short of that, her impulsivity and self-destructive behavior make it very likely that she will kill herself. Julie was sent to a lawn. Does that fit anything? Highly structured, sure. Uh, Warm atmosphere, no. No. Psychotherapeutic, there were no psychologists or psychiatrists there. No. And she herself speaks in the documentary and shares her story. Alon was the complete opposite. She now suffers with severe anxiety, night terrors, PTSD. And it's really sweet because she claims her husband now, who she married, that his patience, his love, and his understanding has gotten her through it. Good for him. Good, Yeah, good for them. And it's beautiful that she has that person. And so I'll leave you on this note. The survivors of this hellhole deserve the utmost respect for what they've been through. Getting the last years of their childhoods ripped away from them. And it's really sad. And all we can do is just be better for our kids in our community, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The kids who really needed, like, a swift kick in the butt. Okay. You know, like, did that really help them become better people? So there's one guy, I think his name was Peter in the documentary, and he says that he was on, like, a really bad path. And he says, this is really sad, actually. So he says he gets out, and he thinks that Elon helped him. And now he's an older man. You know, I don't know, 60s, 70s now. So he says he thinks Elon helped him. 
He's very structured. He met, gets married. He has children. He has no emotions, though. Mm. He makes good choices in life. He has a job. But then he says when he hit his 30s, something happened in his brain. He completely shifted, and he couldn't even handle daily life without breaking down emotionally. Mm. And he lost it. And he couldn't go on, and he had to seek therapy. Hmm. So it catches up with you. It was torture. Yeah. It was torture. It was too much. And like another man makes a point. He's like, did it make me a better person? Okay, maybe. But if I hadn't gone, would I have gone down a better path eventually anyway? Yeah, found another way? I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. So that's it. That's my story for you. It was good. It was crazy. It's sad. That is sad. And that place is shut down. Wait. April Fool's Day, 2011. Oh, really? Any story about... Any story about kids yeah. or young adults just makes me sad. Sometimes I think there's not enough emphasis put on teenagers. Yeah. You know, I, I, heard, I don't know where I heard it from. Maybe it might have been like an Instagram post. But it says like, you know, when you're an adult, like you become, when you're 18, and let's say like you're 24, you've only been an adult for six years. Yeah. You've only been making these major life choices for six years. How are you really ready? Yeah. Right. But like, yes, you're you're 24, but like you haven't, you've had people do things for you. Like I remember when I was little, not little, when I I first moved down here. When I was little. When I was 24. When I was a little adult. Like I call my mom, like, what's my social security number? What's, (laughs) how do I make a doctor's appointment? Like what, like calling her and asking her to fill out all these questions for me because like you're not, you don't know. Well, you have to guide them when they're teens, but it's not enough time. Yeah, because when you're a teen, you, you know everything. And then when, you, mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you 23 and you're living on your own. And you don't know how to make a doctor's appointment. Like, what do I do? Can you give me my phone number? No- give me the phone number <laughs> to call? Can you just do it for me? Nope. You got to do it yourself. You got to start teaching them when they're younger, but it's not enough time. It's not. It, I, it goes too fast. It does. I say this as someone who's very sad that my daughter's 12 and she's growing up too fast. I don't know why I stuttered. All right, right. well. Your cuss count was 45. Whoa. You cussed a lot. I blame it on crime con. Rapidly. Rapidly. Well, a lot of those cusses weren't me. They were, and they were from the documentary. It was wild. And like I said, please go watch it. That's where I got my information from. And a lot of the direct quotes are all from there. All right, guys. Well, thank you for your love, your support. Thank you for listening. And remember to live, laugh, and never send your kids to a torture school. And murder. Don't murder. Well, no, not and murder. Like, don't murder. Don't, yeah. yeah. You said live, left, and don't. Don't murder. And then, okay. All right, it works. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Love you, mean it.